Hello, and welcome to Celebrate Like a CEO. I am your host, Stefan Whitwell, Austin-based CEO of Whitwell & Company, a nationwide wealth management firm. Every Monday, I bring on some of the brightest and best business owners and CEOs in the country to talk shop, get their insights on how to run a successful business, and importantly, how to succeed without burning out by taking the time to celebrate. Now, let's get to today's show. Our guest today is actually from here in Austin, Texas. Among other reasons, I'm excited for you to get to meet Ariel because she is a real difference maker. Ariel Rosenbaum is the CEO of Senior Services of Austin, which specializes in geriatric care management services. Prior to starting this company, she has started another company called Texas Family Services, which she still runs, a company she founded to help families find housing options for seniors. And as if that isn't enough, in our discussion, you're going to learn about a third business that she's in the middle of launching right now that will be serving folks in this space nationwide. In addition to growing her business, Ariel has also been growing her family and is the proud mother of several children. Hello, Ariel, and welcome to Celebrate Like a CEO. It's great to have you on today. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Got a lot of fun things that I want to ask you about, but um, I thought it'd be fun to go back a few years and uh, ask you this. If I had met you when you were five years old, before you were the big CEO running one or potentially here several companies and said, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? How might you have answered I probably would have said a teacher just because everyone in my entire family are teachers. And maybe that's what I would have said, but who knows what was going on in my five-year-old brain. It could have been like a firefighter or police officer as well. So, Yeah, that's my, my son right now is obsessed with all things firefighters right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a red hat and water spews from it. That's like, the bomb. Yeah, they're fascinating. <laughs> well, uh, give us a little bit of an overview of what, uh, of, of kind of, I know you're working on a second project. We can ask, I'll ask you about that a little bit later, but um, you're running a business that's been thriving here in Texas. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Uh, I have a couple small companies that all tie in together and focus a lot on the housing placement company that is run by another social worker where People call in looking for assisted living, independent living, memory care communities, and we kind of help them find the right place. Um, one of my, my passion company is Senior Services of Austin, and that is we're a team of social workers and nurses, and we provide ongoing care management for mostly seniors, some special need clients with chronic illnesses, but we do a lot of medical management and advocacy, and we can serve as someone's medical power of attorney or guardian and manage all aspects of their care, or sometimes families just call us in to consult in a time of crisis and lend our expertise on what we would do and offer suggestions for them to kind of help manage the different crises or issues or medical problems that come up with aging and families and kind of trying to make big decisions for people. 
Um, and then we also have an in-home care company, Practical Care Continuum, where we staff caregivers to go in and help clients no matter where they are at home, memory care, assisted independent living, but with like bathing, dressing, companionship, doing activities and things like that. Amazing. I think even without the challenge of a crisis, yeah, uh, it'd be an overwhelming area, anyways. Just all the different choices and all the different trade-offs and the you know detail that that goes into this. I mean, and uh, how do you how did you start? How did you get into this? I've always wanted to work with seniors. My undergraduate degree is in social work, and I got my certificate in gerontology. I was lucky enough to have all of my grandparents up until um, I graduated college. I had a great grandmother and great, great grandmother. So being around aging mm. people and seniors has always been huge in my life. I'm almost 39 and lost my third. My, I still have two living grandmothers, but lost my grandfather six months ago. So I've been so blessed to just be around aging family members and we have a really close family. So um, I've always loved working with seniors and older adults. My grandfather's illness, my... Aren't they, aren't they, aren't they sweet, by the way? They, I mean... Sometimes, sometimes not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got they're into... like the rest of us, right? They could have a bad day. Exactly, but, you know. yeah. But for uh, the most part, they're great and love working with seniors. And I got into care management by my grandfather's illness. I was a hospice mm. social worker, was working as a social worker for five years doing that. And he had a really rocky decline. It was a year and a half in and out of the hospital, managing care, getting all, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And it was very eye-opening to see. And after he passed away, I kind of sat back and reflected and was like, this was an awful time for our family. And it would have... <laughs> It would have been nice if there was someone local we could have hired to take the burden off of the aunts and uncles that were flying in and just to offer my grandmother support. And then I kind of looked into it more and there was a whole profession of care managers. And that's when I decided to go start that company. So I, I will confess that my, uh, my ideal plan is happy, happy, happy dead. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is for most of the world, that's just not how it unfolds, right? I mean, they're, they're often all sorts of complications or crises. And of course, in periods of stress, I've seen that um, that can also trigger um, underlying pre-existing tensions in families and stresses and all sorts of other things. So I, I would imagine that to run your business, you, you know, you have to have the, the patience of an angel where, where and how do you find like a team of angels? I mean, so, uh, I can't imagine, I, you know, one of my flaws, I'm not always the most patient person. I imagine that, I mean, you literally, at least from my vantage point, have to be hiring angels. Well, how do you do this? <laughs> you know, most of my team are social workers. All of them went to UT and went through the grace program, which is people that want to work with seniors. So I've been fortunate that the social workers and nurses that are on my team, all want to work with seniors. So they already have that interest because it is a unique population to deal with and work with. Um, yeah. But I've also learned that when it's not your family, the things that set us off and the frustrations, we don't have that baggage of the when we were kids with 
the sibling or the parent and family dynamics. So it's really easy for us to just enter as a third neutral party and make recommendations. I will say when my grandfather was sick, I was up there raising hell, causing problems. And I remember <laughs> calling my nurse friend that did hospice with me. And I was like, I'm one of the crazy parents, families that we always talk about. So it comes out in us. We, we're care managing for my grandparents. And when my grandfather got sick, my team was like, do we need to stop talking about your family and supervision? Cause you're getting really triggered and like frustrated with all the dynamics. And I'm like, yeah, like with everyone else, I'm calm and level-headed when it's your own family is different. So that's why, you know, the third party is, is very helpful. And I think we're effective. You know, um, I hadn't thought of that, but, but when you mentioned that, um, that makes so much sense. I mean, I see that in my, I see that in a lot in my business. I see that in, um, in business in general, you benefit sometimes by having that, that person in between who can, like you said, take the emotion out of it. And I've seen some really classic examples of that, but so it really resonates with me. I, you know, even if you think you're up for it, there's still just huge benefits to being able to come in with that Swiss neutrality. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know from previous conversations that, you know, your, your company is thriving and, and you're doing really well and you've kind of overcame and successfully navigated the, the first couple of years, which are tough for any new business. Um, what, you know, I'm sure that there's still challenges, you know, as there always will be, but um, what, what do you think you're doing well? What, what, what's going well and what, what do you attribute that to? What, you know, what, superpowers or what part of the way that you run your business is um, fueling that success? Um, I mean, I think it took me a while to get there. I think, you know, when you first start a business, there's control issues and needing to let things go. And so I think life changes have always been good for me. When I started my company, I was single, no kids. And then you know, ran the company, put everything on myself. And then when it was time for me to have my first kid, I was like, you know what, I can't do all this. And I got to go on maternity leave and I have to hire. And so that, you know, that big life change was good. And so then kind of settled in, had first employee for a while. It was me and just the one employee and then had another kid. And it was like, okay, I got to take less off. And as the business grew, <laughs> billing took longer. Other things that would take me a little while. We're now taking longer. So it kind of forced me to pass stuff off. So I feel like kind of the life changes for me made me pass stuff off that I don't know if I, I probably would have just stayed really small because it was scary to hire. It was scary to do this, but when you're on maternity leave or you're going to go into labor and you're managing people's medical care, which is 24 seven, I had to do something. So I think I was forced to do things. And then I've just been very lucky in having a really amazing team and having really good hires. And Casey, who I brought on, has been with me for five years. And then another employee that was covered for me on maternity leave, she ended up having to work to do some nonprofit stuff, but she's now back. And so, you know, we just have a really good, strong team. And I think that's been probably the most helpful. I want, I want to explore that transition from being, um, pre kiddos to becoming a mom and doing that at the same time of being a business owner. Um, because I think that's a, something that's a, um, a pivot point or a transition, um, that can be really challenging either, you know, 
worrying about that. How's that going to go beforehand or just maybe even going through it uh, can be tough. Um, you know, so it's really interesting for me to hear you give a positive example, a very concrete example of how it helped you up your game, you know, by forcing you to um, delegate more than you might have otherwise, which I think you're right. A lot of owners, that's uh, a tough thing to do. Uh, she had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> and it was scary, but it ended up being great. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 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 man or woman, I think it's tough to, to be a great parent and a business owner or CEO at the same time. But um, like anything else, some people um, make that work easier than others, better than others. What, um, what has it been like for you and, and what wisdom or advice would you have for somebody that's about to become a parent and is running a business? Um, and is worrying about what that transition is going to look like. What, you know, what might you tell them having gone through that not once, but several times now? I mean, I feel like if I could go back and tell my earlier self, it would have been to pass stuff off sooner, especially stuff that <laughs> wasn't my expertise. I went to school for social work. Why did I do the billing for as long as I did the billing? Why did I do certain things that it's like, for me, I always wanted to know how to do it. Once I learned it, I needed to be able to pass that off and, and I wish I had known that. And especially like with our, what we were billing our clients, our billable rate and what I could have hired to do the billing at would have been cheaper. And so I wish I had just kind of sat down and looked at that sooner. So I, I, I think there's, you know, I went to school for social work. I wasn't a business owner. There are certain things that you might learn in business school where they teach you to do those things or advise you to do those things. And, um, so I wish I had done it sooner. Uh, I think like knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are as like a business owner and just like, what do you enjoy? And I know like some of the things in business, especially when like you're running a kid, it's like, you know, are you spending all your time and energy on the thing that doesn't bring you any money, but gives you all the joy. So like just trying to find the balances of what in the business can you pass off that you hate doing? Cause I've never enjoyed billing, but I have been in business for 13 years and just hired someone to do that. And that would have been one of the easiest things for me to pass off, you know? So just, I would encourage anyone to do it sooner and think about what you want to be involved in and what you don't and just have faith that it'll free up your time to go market and bring in new business and be hungry. And that drives you a little bit more. Indeed. And I, some of my, I can relate. I've had some experiences where when I did finally uh, get help for a very specific issue and outsource that, um, I always, just like you said, I thought, why the heck didn't I do that earlier? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that wasn't as hard as I thought it might have been. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. What, um, so, I mean, coming out of, you know, UT's program uh, and not having run this business before, um, I, you know, what would be kind of some of the things that turned out to be, um, kind of easier than you might've thought in terms of running the business? And what are some things that turned out to be harder than you might've expected that just really kind of surprised you that you never would have thought would have been hard until, okay, I'm running a business. And now, dang, that that's hard. Um, I think for me, when I was starting the business, cause I didn't fully know what type of clients we were going to be helping, you know, I wasn't sure. So there was a lot of back end work 
that I had created all these forms and these assessments and was kind of more nursing or out of my scope that I was like, people are going to want this. No one's asked for it. No one's wanted it. You know, so there were certain things that I thought I needed, but didn't need. Um, A lot of it, I think, you know, there was some, how was I going to be received? I was younger when I started the company and I was sometimes a little put off by like, thought everyone just would be like, Hey, good for you. And sometimes I got the door shut and was like, that was, you know, and not what I expected out of that meeting. So just kind of being met with people like, what are you doing? Why are you here? Um, and then just kind of, I guess it was, it was surprising. It was just like word of mouth and how it's grown. I've never hired a marketer. My intent was never to super grow and scale because for a while it was just me, but just how the business has grown and um, has been really great to see. And when, when you said it's growing and I've never hired a marketer, I'm pretty sure that there's a ton of people listening that are just drooling right now going, man, <laughs> how did she do that? But I'm guessing a lot of that had to do with referral. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also the fact that you're solving a very concrete specific pain point that, um, it doesn't feel saturated yet. You know, like if yeah. I were to pull my friends, hey, name the top three firms to do this. I don't think they could name anybody yet. Right. A lot you of know? people don't know we exist. So that's yeah. part of uh, it. Which to me is exciting. I mean, I mm-hmm. think there spells a lot more, more opportunity. But uh, question. So now, you know, uh, you've been doing this for a while. You've got a great team. Um, and you, you've been really successful. Um, and, and helping clients and, and building a sustainable business, building a team, finding the right people to be on the team. Um, just talk about celebration for a second. How do you like to celebrate the little wins on your team, which, by the way, I think are just as important to celebrate as the big ones, maybe even more important. Um, and how do you like to celebrate the, uh, the occasional big, big one? So, I mean, a lot of us is, you know, little wins can be, you know, little things that happen with our clients. I think, you know, we meet weekly as a team and kind of celebrate those together in our meeting. Um, My team loves to get together for breakfast or um, lunch and just kind of hang out, talk and kind of take out the stress and bring the fun into the funny stories of our clients instead of like, oh my God, I've got this problem. What would you do? We get to share kind of the the fun moments, the sweet moments, the the silly things that happened that we can sit and laugh at ourselves about. Um, are you are you uh, um, obviously within the you know protecting people's anonymity? But um, I hope you're writing these these stories down because I would imagine that you know twenty thirty years from now you could write one heck of a book. Yeah. Uh, crazy stories you've seen if not next month I mean. yeah we were joking like if we had the right casting this would be a great reality tv show <laughs> with some of the stuff we're dealing with oh i bet and it's something that's so relatable i mean it's something that you know so many of us have had or soon will be exposed mm-hmm. to um what uh how do you like to recharge i mean i'm sure that um like any business, as much as you love, you know, serving your clientele, it can get exhausting after a while. Um, what do you do to recharge? Now that my team has grown, I have 
feel like I've been able to do that. You know, for a while we were 24 hours and going all the time and I was nonstop responding to emails. I actually just took my first vacation two weeks ago where I turned off the phone notifications, had an out of office reply, but I, and it was the best thing ever. Like, I don't think I ever did that <laughs> on my maternity leaves. Cause my business was so small then that I was like, I wish I had done this sooner and not felt like my vacation was a burden on my team. Cause I would always not forward my phone or I'll, I'll handle this. Cause I don't want you to take it on. And Taking this vacation where I did that, I was like, I should have been doing this all along and recharging better. But as a social worker, I do feel like I'm good at self-care and setting boundaries and limits and like, okay, I'm going to go to yoga or today, you know, sometimes self-care for me can just be sitting on the couch watching TV and I won't beat myself up over that. And so I feel like I've got good coping skills and and good at setting self-care for me, whatever that may be, if it's going for a walk or going for a run in the middle of the day and then going back to work and having that balance. And I'm lucky that the work is flexible, that, you know, it's, you know, we say we're eight to five, but, you know, if I need to work after hours or take a break, you know, I can go do stuff during the day, which is nice about the work. So the vacation went well and fair to say you might do that again. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What, uh, so how, you know, it's something that, Self-care is something that a lot of CEOs struggle with. How, how, uh, but, you know, sound, it sounds like that might be something you're, you know, pretty good at and, and judging by the recent vacation, getting even better at, um, how would you, if you had to give yourself a score on one to 10, how how good would you say you've historically been at prioritizing self-care? I would say about a seven, I do think I'm good to say, you know, I'm going to go schedule a massage and book that I'm at an appointment and no one needs to know what I'm doing, but I do. And, you know, so when needed, I feel like I'm good about giving myself a little break or giving myself grace and not beating myself up over it. Um, And I I think that worked well for a while, but I, you know, I would still always be checking my phone and emailing and working all the time. So that's where that vacation where it's like, nope, I didn't respond to a work email. And I totally disconnected like that, you know, was was huge. And I found great. There's something to be said for just truly 100% disconnecting, right? Mm -hmm. I kind of like to say... As social workers, we can't advocate for our clients and like take care of our clients if we haven't taken care of us. And so like I learned that pretty quick, like I can't be stressed and be trying to deal with a client issue. So, you know, it was easy to kind of find a balance of what works, what doesn't. And, you know. Yeah. And and to be honest, it's not just your industry. I think that in every industry, it's it's uh, literally the responsibility of a CEO to get rest and to engage in self-care. Um, Cause if, if you, you know, we need to serve as examples for the team, we need to make it okay for the team and we, for us to really give our best to the team. We need that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason I, and you've made reference to this and I think that's spot on so hard for most CEOs to give themselves permission to go get that massage or to, you know, do whatever it is that, that recharges them, take time off. And, um, you know, I think that's something Europe has figured out how to do a little bit better than we have. 
Um, mm-hmm. And and I've not always been good at it either. I'm certainly not a poster child for like <laughs> that, finding that great balance, but uh, definitely something that that I'm working towards. What um, uh, you know when we celebrate, uh, sometimes we like to give gifts um, as part of that birthdays, end of year holidays, whatever. Uh, sometimes just because. Do any, you know, if you think about memorable gifts, um, if you if you're open to it, would you share maybe one that you think is one of your more memorable gifts, something you've given? And what might be one of the best gifts you've ever received? It's a hard one. That's good. Um, I think as the CEO and a business owner, the best gift I have received would be from my brother-in-law who encouraged me to start my own company. You know, he was an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur and he was dating my sister at the time. And we were at dinner and we were talking about something in a business. He's like, why don't you start your own company? And I was like, I don't know what that would be. And he's like, well, I can help you. And he did. And, you know, helped me fill out the paperwork to start my LLC and, you know, linked me up with his graphics designer and website person and, you know, someone that would help with the wording for the website. So I feel like that was such a great gift because, like I said earlier, I was raised by teachers, family of teachers, no business owner ever. Like the idea of being a social worker and running a business was foreign to me. So I would say that would be the best gift. I was given was just someone mm-hmm. saying, why that don't you the encouragement and then I'll help you. Like, mm. yeah, you, you can do like, I can tell you what to do and I can help you. And he helped me for the first couple of years along the way. And I would say it was a mentor. I could email and ask questions and, you know, who's your bookkeeper? Who's your accountant? Just like little things like that to help me along the way with business. And then I guess in that same mindset, the best gift that I gave would be, you know, starting this new company with one of my, in my now new business partner, but she was an employee for five years and came to me and was like, you know, I've been working for, with you for five years. I see the success you have. I'm interested in, you know, going through the process of starting a business and doing something with you. And we kind of sat down and talked it out and are, you know, developing something that I'm excited about doing. And we both feel can be successful and help people, nationwide now, not just here in Austin. So, you know, I'm hoping this is a great gift that I'm able to give with her is starting a company and us doing it together. Mm. Kind of paying that, paying that forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can imagine you saying to your sister, Hey, you got to stay with this guy. Cause uh, this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Claire, I'm, I'm taking him in the divorce. <laughs> um. So you, you you teased a little bit here about this new business. Uh, I you know I don't know if it's still in in stealth mode or not, but can you share a little bit more with us about what you and your partner are looking to to do? Yeah, we're it's going to be called Agency, and it is Navigating Care Consultants. Um, agency spelled A G E N S Y, um, and we are hoping to create a website where people can go and watch videos that we can walk them through various topics that we frequently come across in care management. We've also created like worksheets and checklists of just what do you do when you move? What do you do transitioning from home to independent living, home to assisted, home to memory care? What do you do when you go to skilled nursing? What happens when you're in an inpatient rehab stay and then need to be discharged home 
reviewing uh, long-term care insurance policies, and then also just kind of tips and tricks for doctor's appointments. And then we've got our own forms that we use for our clients. So that way, like if you're hire a caregiver or you're a family member that wants to act as a care manager, you want to go to all the appointments, you want to coordinate the care, you want to be the point person, we're giving you all of you know, this is what you need to be capturing in the doctor's appointments. These might be questions to ask. And this is what you need to be sharing with other providers. And so, uh, and then we'll have a place to store everything for them. It'll be an online storage where they can store their mom's Medicare cards and have passwords saved. And everything is in one central place for them. And they can check in as frequently as needed or just reach out when, hey, this life event happened. Let me see what they're telling us we should do. That I think is going to be such a huge success. I mean, um, you know, because we move all the place, right? I mean, uh, how many people do we know? We've got parents in one state, brothers, sisters, and others, and it's all spread out. And I would imagine, I don't know, but I would imagine that every state's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Every city can be really different, I'm sure, too. Um, so just having some resources like that, I think, is, is going to be huge. Um, so for anybody listening that wants to kind of keep tabs and kind of track your progress on that. Um, what's the easiest way to do that? To follow you on LinkedIn or is there a website? that uh, you, Website? Yeah. yeah. And I can send you that. That would be the agency.com, but spelled with an S, not a C. So A-G-E-N-S-Y.com? Correct. There you go. So we'll, we'll certainly include that. Um, and uh, so exciting. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it makes such a big difference and, uh, and you've also been helpful, you know, with me. I mean, I, uh, I appreciate your, your team having helped, uh, me go through some documents that I had that I wanted to better understand for my parents. Um, it's just such an important thing to talk about. And, um, uh, you know, I think you're really making a big difference on people out there and, and it was really fun too to, uh, you know, you, you've, I think for anybody listening, um, if you're not yet a parent, which by the way, I recommend it. Yeah. Uh, I I can tell you love being a mom. Um, not, not always easy work, but very, um, uh, meaningful. And, you know, I think that just being able to talk, with other entrepreneurs about how they've man like we did here today, how they've managed certain transitions. Um, can I think take some of the fear away? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you shared with us today, uh, sometimes those transitions might have some, you know, silver lining that, that you may not have thought about. So uh, I really appreciate your having shared that part of your journey as well. Thanks for having me and allowing me to share. Well, we're going to be following your success, and uh, um, I, uh, I look forward to the launch of your new business. And thank you again for sharing with us your advice and your insights and doing what you do. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Celebrate Like a CEO podcast. If you are a successful business owner or CEO and want to be a guest on our show, be sure and reach out by sending me an email to stefan at whitwell.net and put celebrate in the subject line. We'd love to hear your story. 
If you like what you hear, please don't forget to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Be sure to tune in every Monday morning for a new episode. And remember, celebration is the key to success without burnout.